ladies. Good morning. My name's Tracy Doherty, and I'm so fortunate to be with you all this morning. I want to share a little bit, unlike Lisa's video, where she just talked about when her husband suggested scuba diving lessons, and that wasn't the best thing she thought. When my husband and I were in our early 20s, my husband suggested scuba diving lessons, and I thought, that sounds really cool. And so we did that, and we've been able to scuba dive all over the world. And I tell you what, if you ever get to check out God's creation below the surface of the water, it is magnificent, breathtaking, stunningly beautiful. So anyway, if you were at the conference last year, you'll recall I talked about how my husband, who's in the military, had deployed for the invasion into Iraq, and it just kept getting extended and getting extended and getting extended, and finally, 17 months later, he came home. And you know, that's a really long time. So we decided to go big on our family vacation, and we went to Turks and Caicos to one of those all-inclusive resorts, and it was just fabulous. Now, our girls at the time were five and nine, and so they were too young to scuba dive. So we chose instead to do a lot of snorkeling. So we had signed up for a snorkeling excursion, and they took about 50 of us out on a boat, and there were about four or five crew members, and we're out there, and it's just beautiful. And Catherine, our nine-year-old, and my husband were going down a little deeper to check out the coral. And I had Victoria, who was five at the time, we're holding hands and snorkeling. And I looked down and I saw a shark. Well, I knew it's like a nurse shark. It's not, you know, anything dangerous. And so I make sure Victoria sees the shark. And then I make sure Marshall and Catherine see the shark. And, and then I thought, doesn't everyone else want to know what I know? So I lift my head out of the water and yell, shark! and then put my head back down. And then I thought, you know, maybe that didn't go the way I pictured it. Sure enough, I lift my head and it is total chaos. People are swimming over each other trying to get back to the boat. You can see fathers, they're just launching their children back onto the boat. The crew is just like, what happened, what happened? So I'm gonna pause right there and we'll get to the rest of the story here in a minute. So. Get, we're talking about how we need to allow God to work in us, we need to allow Him to work through us, and then He will work beyond us. And last night we heard from Lisa about how God can work in us, and this morning we're talking about the through, the through. And I thought, what verse can we really focus on with the through? And I knew it was Matthew 5.14. Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. If you're a Christian, if you're a Jesus follower, you are the light of the world. I want you to look at the women at your table and say, you are, the, you are light. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you are light. Will you hide it or allow it to shine all the time? Will you only bring that thing out on Sunday morning? Or, you see, or when you see someone from church, or will you shine all the time? Of course we want to be light, right? We just want to be light. But what keeps us from being light? In your booklet, there's a page that's numbered one through nine if you want to follow along that way or whatever works for you. What keeps us from choosing to be light? I think the first thing that keeps us from choosing to be light is others' expectations. Rather than focusing on what does God expect of me, we look at others to find out what they expect of us. They expect me to engage in gossip because, man, that was juicy. They expect me to respond in anger because I have been wronged. They expect me to see that movie because, you know, it won the Oscar. 
They expect me to buy that purse because it's really cute and everybody has one. And then what about social media? What's it done to our expectations? I'll never forget recently I ran into a woman who I knew they were in financial crisis. They were, they were really struggling with their finances. And they were about to celebrate their only child's first birthday. And so she was telling me about getting ready for the party. She had spent $1,000 on party supplies. That didn't include gifts. Didn't include gifts. Now this child would never even remember this birthday. But weren't those photos on Facebook going to be impressive? Going to be impressive. Galatians 1.10 tells us this. Am I now trying to win the approval of men, of women, or of God? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Am I trying to meet people's expectations or God's expectations? Am I a people pleaser or am I a God pleaser? I think the second thing that keeps us from choosing to be light is busyness. Busyness. Several years ago, I read this in a women's magazine. The health complaints of busy women have actually led the medical community to coin a new term called the hurried woman syndrome. Someone suffering from this syndrome may experience weight gain, low sex drive, moodiness, and fatigue. Doctors believe the symptoms are caused by the stress of doing too much, spreading oneself too thin, feeling overwhelmed and underaccomplished, and growing resentful of others' expectations, all of which can ultimately lead to hostility and depression. Anyone suffering from a little hurried woman syndrome. You know, busy, that acronym B-U-S-Y, busy under Satan's yoke. You know, the thing is, we treat ourselves like we treat our cars. As long as it's running, we don't pay attention to what's going on under the hood. You know, but think about a car that's idle. A car that's idle. It's wearing down its parts, it's using up all its gas, but it's not doing what it was called to do, to transport people. I think many of us are like that idle car. We're wearing ourselves out, we're using up our fuel, but we're not caught doing what we've been called to do. We're not shining. We got a lot of idle Christians. Lisa Jones last night talked about if our busyness keeps us from having a relationship with God. Because the thing is, before we can shine, we gotta have the in. We gotta have the in to then do the through, to then do the through. What else keeps us from choosing to shine? Number three is expert. Expert. We think we have to have all the answers. I don't know enough, I need more knowledge, I need to be smarter. I think what's one of our biggest excuses for not shining so many of us, we do Bible study on Tuesday morning, we go to church on Sunday morning, we read our Bible, we, take, we read Christian books, we just take it in, we take it in, we take it in. But if we're not exercising our faith, then we'll be spiritually obese. Spiritually obese. We got a lot of spiritually obese Christians walking by, walking by women who need to hear what you do know. The thing is, the disciples, they didn't just sit at Jesus' feet and just take it in and take it in and take it in. They did the thing while they were still learning. While they were still learning. You need to shine. You're never going to know it all. Knowledge changes nothing. Application changes everything. Everything. The fourth thing that keeps us from choosing to shine is doubt. Doubt. Doubt that we're to be light, to shine. We focus on what we can do rather than on what God can do. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. 
Jesus only speaks truth. Don't let that doubt creep in. The fifth thing that keeps us from choosing to shine, I messed up, I messed up, I made a mistake, I have a past. You think about it, rock, Paul was a rock star of the New Testament, a rock star of the New Testament, and he talks about his mess ups all the time. Acts 22, 4, Paul said this, and I persecuted the followers of the way, the Christians, hounding some to death, arresting both men and women, throwing them in prison. That's a pretty big mess up. In Galatians 1.13, this is Paul speaking. You know what I was like, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. Pretty big mess up. He reminded people of his past. Can you imagine walking around, hi, my name's Tracy, I had messed up. Do you want to hear all about it? Do you want to hear about it? Because you know what, he, it's in the best-selling book of all time. We get to read all about his messes. So let's go back to the snorkeling story. So I look up, total chaos. People are swimming on top of each other. Fathers are launching their children. The crew's upset. By the time my family got back to the boat, everybody was glaring at me. The parents were trying to comfort their children as they're glaring at me. The crew's trying to comfort the parents as they're all glaring at me. We get back to the resort, and everybody, you could just see all day long. They're pointing, she's the one. She's the one that messed up. And so my first instinct was, I'm just going to stay in my room the rest of our time here. I'm just going to stay in our room. I would have missed out if that's what I had chosen to do. What are you missing out on? Because you messed up. Because you messed up. Don't allow your messes to keep you from shining. I've made messes that have consequences for a few days. And then I've made messes that have consequences for a lifetime. You think about that car again. If you're so focused in your, on your rearview mirror all the time, just looking at the past, looking at the past, looking at the past, you will wreck your future. You will wreck your future. You're going to mess up, I can pretty much guarantee it. But you cannot make, my friend Muriel says, all this, says this all the time, I'm not good enough to mess up God. That's impossible. Impossible. You have not made a mess that's too big for God to clean up. Invite him in. He can redeem anything, anything. If you live in fear of people finding out about your past, if your fear keeps you from shining, ask God to help you see the value of your past or just trust him that your past has value. Are you willing to continue to follow Jesus to to shine even though you've messed up? You know, think about Peter. He messed up. He messed up. What if he'd said, nope, I'm done. That's it. Or Paul. I messed up. That's it. Nope, I'm done. I'm done. Choose to shine even if you've messed up. What's the sixth thing that keeps us from choosing to shine? Is ego. Ego. I'll be light. I'll shine as soon as I find somebody worthy of my shining. We tend to fight for what we consider to be the most important positions. I love John the Baptist because you know what? He got it. It was not about him. It was about Jesus. It was about Jesus. And what did Jesus, the Son of God, the one and only true Son of God, the God, the true God, he could have had an ego to fill this room, but what did he choose to do? To wash feet. To wash feet. Are you willing to shine, to be light for people who have dirty feet? What's the seventh thing that keeps us from choosing to shine? 
not nice women. Anybody know a not nice woman? We allow fear of not nice women to keep us from shining. The fact is, we've been told if we choose to shine, we will be persecuted. Last year, a woman who was in my class came to me. She was so upset. She had shared the gospel with her cousin, and her cousin had mocked her. Now, this young woman, she was upset not with her cousin who had mocked her, but with God. How could he have allowed that to happen? And then I pointed her to Scripture, because the thing is, hurt women will hurt women. Women who are hurt will hurt other women. John 15, 18. This is Jesus speaking. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. We're in good company. We're in good company. Women were not nice to Jesus. And then 1 John 3, 13. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We should expect some women to not be nice to us. And then 2 Timothy 3.12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Everyone who chooses to shine will be persecuted. Why do you think we have the armor of God in Ephesians 6? We're in battle. We are in battle. But here's the thing I want you to remember. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and terrified because of them, because of not nice women. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You are not alone in this battle. The thing is, trials are going to happen. They're going to happen, period. And sometimes trials come in the form of people, in the form of not nice women. Now, I don't want to stand here and talk about, you know, that not nice woman and that not nice woman and that not nice woman. Sometimes I've been the not nice woman when someone was just trying to shine, trying to be light in my life. We are surrounded by women who sometimes are not nice. But don't let, th let that be a reason to choose to not shine. Choose to shine. What's the eighth reason we aren't choosing to shine? I've got to use this visual. Some of y'all who have been in my class will recognize this. Comparison is the eighth thing that keeps us from choosing to shine. Because the thing is, what's the purpose of these cups? To quench the thirst of the thirsty. But what if instead they got all tied up in comparison? Well, look at her. She's pink. I love pink. And look at those curves. I wish I had curves like that. Or what about if this one, you know, look at her. She's got a handle. I don't have a handle. I deserve a handle. Why does she have a handle? And look, she can do hot and cold. I can only do cold. Why can't I? I want what she's got. And then what about her? She's never been used. Look how crystal sparkly clean she is. I bet she doesn't have a past. Meanwhile, they're, while they're just comparing themselves to one another, everybody's still thirsty. They're not doing what they've been called to do. We've been called to shine. But comparison is keeping us from shining. Because the thing is, our light's going to look different. Our light's going to look different. Jan Nowiski, my friend over here, she's like a strobe light, a party light. You just want to be around her. She has made her name a fun name. I mean, just as soon as you meet her, she's just fun. She's just fun. Jenny Coe, she's a searchlight. If you're around her, you can just watch her. She's searching. Who needs loving? Who needs a little TLC? Who needs a little TLC? And then my friend Christy Burgess. Burgess, did I say that right? She is like a nightlight. She has to chosen to be a foster mom. How awesome. She's shining all the time. Steady. She makes you feel safe no matter how dark it gets.
our light will look different. Or what about this, Ruthie? You are so ugly and mean, I don't know why anybody would want to be your friend. She knew I was going to do that. I had her permission. <laughs> I said that because she's just, she's beautiful. If you can stand near her when she's singing, you will be blessed. She's awesome. But isn't that what we tell ourselves? You're so ugly, you're so mean, I don't know why anybody would be your friend. Think about if somebody said that to your child. What would you, mm, mm. Think about what you're saying to God's children. And you're speaking to yourself that way. It grieves him when we speak to ourselves that way. He looks at us as his masterpiece, his chosen, his loved. The thing is, we got that self-talk going on, and 80% of self-talk is negative. So we have to choose to stop it. But the thing is, we're women, so we don't stop thinking. So we've got to replace it with the truth. Replace it with scripture of who you really are. Of who you really are. The ninth thing that keeps us from choosing to shine is enemy. Enemy. Listening to Satan instead of seeking and asking God how and where he wants you to shine. The last thing Satan wants is for you to be light in this world. He's going to throw things at you to keep you from being light. We're constantly hearing how the world's getting darker and darker. I don't quite believe that. I think the world has always been dark. There's always been evil. There's always been darkness, meanness. We're just choosing not to shine. The light's getting dimmer. The light's getting dimmer. Which of these excuses keeps you from shine, shining? Which excuse keeps you from choosing to shine? Lisa Turkhurst in her video just now said she felt God was saying to her, Lisa, your job is to be obedient. My job, God's job, is everything else. And he's saying the same thing to us. Our job is to be obedient. His job is everything else. I want you to take your pen and circle the first letter of all, all those um, excuses. Obedience. It spells obedience. God's saying the same thing to us. Which will you choose? Will you choose to be obedient, to shine? John 8, 12 tells us, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If you are a Jesus follower, then you are light. Will you choose to let it shine? How are we obedient to the call to shine? Number one, open your Bible. Open your Bible. Jenny, in her video last night, talked about the power of opening your Bible. It changed her life, and she became light. And now look at what she's doing when she was obedient to that call to open her Bible. The thing is, in the military, they have this thing called SOP, Standard Operating Procedure. Tiger Woods, when he started becoming famous because he was so good on the golf course, he was asked about his technique and how he was doing it, and he shared that his father had been in the military, and they had come up with a Standard Operating Procedure, an SOP for every situation they could come up with on the golf course. So that whenever, whatever happened, they already knew how they were going to respond. It wasn't an emotional response. It was just how they would respond. We have an SOP for life, a standard operating procedure on how to respond to life. But to know it, you have to open your Bible. The second way to be obedient to the call to shine, be with him. Be with him. Invite God to be part of your everyday life. 
Lisa Jones last night talked about make room for him. Do you have room for him? Be with him. The third way to be obedient to the call to shine, exchange the lies of Satan for the truth. Exchange the lies of Satan for the truth. When I was in college, I worked part-time as a teller at a bank. And we looked a little bit at counterfeit money, but we mostly looked at the real thing. We would study the money and look at it and just study it back and forth so that we could more easily detect what was false. We need to study the truth so that we can more easily detect what is false, so that we can more easily detect the lies of Satan. The fourth way to be obedient to, call, to the call to shine, dive in the deep end. Just dive in the deep end. We just want to step in, check the water temperature, see who else is here, how am I looking in my swimsuit, get it all figured out, and then maybe we'll go a little deeper. Just dive in. Dive in. Dive in the deep end. You can't be God's servant and do what he asks only when you feel like it or when it feels safe. It is not always safe, safe to follow Jesus. Dive in the deep end. God is more interested in developing your character than he is your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone and shine. The, the fifth way to be obedient to the call to shine, invite accountability. Invite accountability. A few year ago, years ago, I started participating in accountability groups. It's scary. It's scary, but it's also awesome. I have women who encourage me, who speak truth into my life, and sometimes correct me. Muriel's one of those women in my life, because here's the thing. She loves me too much to leave me on a path of unhealthy spirituality. Invite accountability. Don't count on your husband to be the only accountability in your life. It's not fair to him. It's just not fair to him. The sixth way to be obedient to the call to shine, every day re-engage. Every day re-engage. God asks ordinary women to engage in an act of extraordinary trust to get out of our comfort zone and join him. To be his light in our neighborhoods and in our communities. If I don't re-engage every day, I start focusing on me instead of him. And then that's when that doubt starts coming in. The lies of Satan start creeping in. Re-engage every day because the thing is God can do anything and he might just use you to do it. He just might use you to do it. The seventh way to be obedient to the call, no excuses. No excuses. If God will do this, then I'll shine. If she'll move away, then I'll shine. If my husband will just start doing this, then I'll shine. That's kind of like saying I'd be a better Christian if it wasn't for her, for him. No excuses. The eighth way to be obedient to the call to shine, call on the help of the Holy Spirit. Call on the help of the Holy Spirit. You're not expected to do this alone. Acts 1.8 tells us this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. You will shine. You will shine. Call on the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the ninth way to be obedient to the call is to shine is to encourage others. Encourage others. 
We need each other. We need community. Jesus spent a lot of time in community, and he didn't waste time, energy, talent, anything on things that were unimportant. If he spent time in community, I'm thinking I need time in community. Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of us may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Satan does not take a day off from deceiving us. We cannot take a day off of encouraging one another. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and do good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And then I love this, Romans 1, 12. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. My, Meg my friend Megan, she has a deep faith. When I spend time with her, I'm so encouraged, so encouraged by her faith. She challenges me. That's that iron sharpening iron. Encourage one another. We need one another. We need community. I'm so passionate about this. I have a website. It's free. I'm not selling anything. Um, it's called equipandencouragewomen.com. I have some cards in the back. But I do a five-minute weekly video and podcast just to encourage one another. We as women have got to stop tearing each other up. We need to encourage one another. Later today, you're going to be offered opportunities to be in community. We were meant to be in community with one another. I want you to take your pen and circle the first letter of all those. Obedience. Obedience. The thing I wanted you to understand is we are called to be obedient. Is it easy? No. No. But Jesus demonstrated for us what to do when obedience is hard. What did he do? He went to his knees and cried out to the Father. And then on the other side of his biggest act of obedience was our biggest blessing. I think on the other side of our biggest act of obedience just might be a big blessing. Cry out to him. Cry out to him. As for me, I'm like a little Christmas tree light. But if I gather together with other little Christmas tree lights and shine, we could light up a room. If I gather together with other little Christmas tree lights and shine, we can light up a community. If I gather together with other little Christmas tree lights and shine, we can light up a city. Choose to be light. Choose to shine. I want you to turn to the women at your table and say, I am light. God will fulfill Jesus' destiny with or without you. But he will not fulfill your destiny without your participation. What will you choose? Thank you, ladies. Thank you.